It says the just shall what? Live by faith, right? Uh, and, and that's not just a, that's not a bumper sticker, right? That's a way of life. It's our way of life should be faith, amen? And so whether we're dealing with emotional difficulties, we attack those difficulties by faith and we overcome them. If we're, if we're uh, dealing with uh, physical uh, sickness or disease, we attack those by faith and we overcome them, amen? Uh, and uh, and I, I just want to give you a, a testimony. I was telling Chris about this. Um, I was working the other day uh, doing some wiring, and um, I was cutting some wires with some wire cutters, right? And then when I did that, uh, the wire cutters slipped. Now, I was wearing gloves, but they're, you know, they're kind of, they're not real like welding gloves. They're just kind of uh, thin work gloves. And when I did that, those, the wire cutters uh, you know, went into my right hand, and, and you know, I clamped all the way down, right? Uh, and <laughs> I didn't cry, uh, except a little bit on the inside. Uh, and, but, you know, I mean, you know, can you imagine? I mean, Johnny winced when I said that because he knows. I'm sure you've ever done that, Johnny. You've <laughs> probably done that, you know, because, you know, you're, not, you're, just, you know, you're in a hurry and you're just kind of, you know, trying to get things done. And, and you, you know, and it just happens, right? It wasn't because wasn't anybody was in sin and just life, you know. And, and so, uh, but immediately I just, uh, I didn't even take my glove off because I thought I'm going to start seeing blood come through the glove here just any minute. And then, and I want to take the glove off because I get blood everywhere and I make a big mess and it was dirty and you know it was I mean I was up in the attic and there's just you know 90 year old dust in there so I didn't really want to get that in the in the wound or anything so but so I just laid hands on it and I and I commanded it to be healed and for the, the bleeding to stop and then you know if you're going to live by faith you got to live by faith so I just went on as if it was so and then I got done with, you know a couple of hours later I got done with with work and I and I of course I took my gloves off to go home. And there's not, I could, I, there's, no, there's nothing there. There's no scratch. It's not sore. I can't feel where it ever happened. There's no, there was no blood. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, and I know it was, it was just bleeding because, you know, you can't cut yourself with a, uh, with a uh, wire cutters without, um, uh, uh, without drawing some blood. But anyway, it's just, uh, but that's, that's our life. That should be our life, right? We command this world to line up with the word of God. Uh, and there is no, you know, God wasn't punishing me by causing me to cut my hand or, you know, he wasn't showing me that I need to be safe by doing it. It just happened, you know, it's just a thing, right? Uh, and so we overcome by faith. And so the just shall live by faith. We have the blessing to do that. But there is an attack in the church to, to tell us that the just shall live by the sovereignty of God. If God wants, to, wants us to have it, nothing we can do about it. He will choose to do it on his own or he will choose not to do it on his own. There's nothing you can really do about it. And that's the whole, um, uh, uh, who, what's the fellow's name, Jerry, that, uh, um, that uh, believes in, in, in uh, once, not once saved, always saved, but the predestination, you know, uh, what's that? Yeah, Calvin and John Calvin. I knew it was John somebody. Uh, John Calvin, you know, he, he was a very popular uh, intellectual minister who believed that basically you don't have a choice. You know, God has already decided everything and, and uh, and, and I'm thinking, well, everything's a choice. Do you want fries with that? Well, that's a choice. You know, do you want blue or red? Well, that's a choice, right? Do you want to get saved or not get saved? That's a choice. Well, God's already decided. He's not decided. You know, he knows, of course, he knows every choice everybody's going to make. And yet that's different than, than him uh, predetermining for you that what choice you're going to make. It's still your choice at the end of the day. He just knows what it's going to be. Well, then that's not a choice. It is a choice. 
Uh, and you know, and the problem with that is if you try to if you try to understand that, you'll never be able to understand that, right? How can a God be so amazing that He knows everything we're going to do, but He doesn't He doesn't make us do those things? Well, that's what makes Him God, right? So we let Him be God and we leave it alone, right? We take it as far as we can go, and if we can't, if our intellect is not capable of understanding that, best thing to do is leave it alone. But what happens is men will change doctrine to fit their understanding, as opposed to saying, well, my understanding is limited. I can't, you know, can you understand that Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God the Father are all one, but they're three? Well, no. I mean, you just go around in circles, you know, and then people come up with all these kinds of analogies, like an egg or, you know, like a, I think Brother Randy's like a pie, you know. And, uh, and, I mean, you can do whatever you want to, but at the end of the day, you can't understand it, you know. And I'm assuming someday we will have the capacity to understand it. I hope that we will. But we may never understand God, you know, fully that we that uh, like we could or desire to until unless we were God. And we were, of course, we're never going to be God. But I imagine we will at least get some more insight when we get to heaven and see things more clearly. Uh, but uh, so, you know, we've got to be careful in our intellect to not change the, the, the doctrine of the word of God to line up with our limited capacity. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, God knows, but we still get to choose. OK, then that's fine. If that's a deal, that's the deal. Right. Because that's the only deal. Every day you make a choice. What, you know, what color socks are you going to wear? You know, and, and don't be getting into intercession. Lord, please show me what color socks I should wear. Some Christians get into, into foolishness like that. And so, but the Lord is good. Amen. We get to live by faith. It's a great honor. Amen. It's a great privilege to do that. And for me, the thing that I remember, you know, not having grown up in church uh, and not knowing anything about God and starting to learn it through the Word of Faith movement um, just, you know, just uh, I, we were involved in a word church, a charismatic church. And the thing that the thing that I, I have appreciated most about faith uh, in the whole uh, the whole teaching of faith is I get to choose. And I, and I love that. I love that more than really anything else, because I get to choose what thoughts I think. I get to choose what life I live. I get to choose what emotions run my life. I get to choose uh, how healthy I am. I get to choose how prosperous. It's my choice. It's not, uh, I'm not a victim of anything. Uh, I'm not a victim of the economy or the plagues or the government that I'm living under. I'm not a victim of anything. I get to choose. Amen. And, and so it's, uh, and I, I know over the years I've talked to other ministers that have gone to other countries and, or even other, uh, other areas of the country, uh, certain uh, ethnic areas of the country and people will resist the teaching of faith and say well that's that's an American gospel or sometimes even that's a white person's gospel uh, and, and they'll say that doesn't work for us but I haven't seen anything in, in the, the word of God that says uh, the, the Americans shall live by faith I see that the just shall live by faith and if, and if you accept the Lord Jesus then you are the just right you are the righteous uh, and so it's not an American gospel. It's not a white gospel. It's not a rich person's gospel. It's just the gospel. Amen. Uh, and the nice thing is anybody can have it. It's free of charge. Anybody can live it. Uh, and it doesn't matter how you grew up. It doesn't matter if you had a legacy of faith. I had no legacy. I just came into it as a teenager. And um, I had nothing to base it upon. Uh, no family members had been in church. No family members that I knew knew Jesus. Uh, 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 many of them know Jesus now, but at the time, none of them knew Jesus. And, uh, and, uh, and so 
I started from zero. Amen. Uh, and so it's good. You know, and so that's what I like about faith is I get to choose. Uh, and if something's not right, I get to choose to make it right. If something is not working the way it should be, I get to choose to make it work the way it should be. Amen. Uh, and so here we are then in the book of Philippians. And so we're in chapter two. We, we finished up uh, last week uh, in uh, verse 12 about working out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Uh, and so if he said, work out your own salvation, then whose choice is that? Well, that's a choice. I mean, I could go through just about every verse in the Bible and say, this is your choice. This is your choice. Because it says, if he says, work out your own salvation, then that means that you can choose to work it out or you can choose what? Not to work it out, right? You can choose just, just well, you know, that's just who I am. Uh, and that's the biggest cop out I've ever heard. That's just who I am. Well, then do better. Uh, make yourself who you should be. Don't, don't be who you are. Make yourself who you should be. Uh, and who you should be is, is reflected in the Word of God. Uh, and so don't ever cop out, well, that's just who I am. You know? And I've heard lots of times people make excuses for other people. That's just the way they are. What's that even mean? Of course that's the way they are. Would they be anything else? All of us are exactly the way we are. I mean, I'm not who you are. That would make any sense, right? I'm just who you are. We're like, what are you talking about? I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and so uh, we get to work it out. And so our salvation, you know, we see from the word of God what our salvation should be. Our job is to work that out. So uh, if there are things that are limiting in our life, our emotions or our thought life, we got to work that out, you know, uh, work it out of our lives and uh, get that out of our lives so that we reflect uh, the word of God in our individual lives. So we look like Jesus. We talk like Jesus. We act like Jesus. Uh, and that's perfectly fine. You know, sometimes even in a church, they, well, you don't act too religious. Well, we don't. I mean, what's that even mean, right? Uh, you know, we don't want to act legalistic, you know, because being, when you say don't act too religious, to me, that's kind of cloudy, right? What does that mean? Uh, you know, because really, you know, so I'm not a religious person in the traditional sense, but, you know, th there is a true religion. James talks about, you know, true religion. And so, you know, there is a true religion, so we don't want to make religion itself a bad word. But uh, usually when we say religion, we have the connotation of legalism. Right, do this, don't do that, and all these things. And so, uh, and the Bible talks about that later on in uh, in, in the Paul's writings. But uh, but it's our responsibility to work it out. Nobody's going to do it for you. Uh, and the other thing is, breathing air doesn't get the job done. I've been a Christian for fifty years. Okay, fine. That's got nothing to do with nothing. Right? Showing up to church and getting a check mark for fifty years doesn't change anything. Doesn't change you. Doesn't make you more like the Lord. It just, you know, you may have the 30-year the Sunday school pen. That's awesome. But, but what is your life? Who are you, right? Do you sound like Jesus more today than you did yesterday, right? Are you living more by faith today than you did yesterday? Uh, and so, uh, and, uh, and I know sometimes that uh, the word work is kind of, you know, uh, I, I know it is a four-letter word, but sometimes we treat it like a four-letter word, right? And, uh, and uh, th that implies that there's effort involved. Right. And, and the effort really is uh, when, when you see something that's a shortcoming in your life, then you have to put forth effort to, first of all, be conscious of that, of that shortcoming and then have a desire to change it and then have a desire to work with the Lord in order to make that happen. Because it may be a lot of he, uh, if you work with the Lord, he will show you in the word of God. Well, here's what to do. He will show you by his spirit. Here's what to do. But he will also tell you, well, he, you know, maybe why you're doing it. Well, you're just insecure or, you know, you're just you're just this or, you know, you're full of pride or 
you know, there may be things that, he, that he'll show you to expose, you know, why you're doing that, or you're just afraid, you know, or, you know, there may be a lot of reasons. There may not be any reason. Maybe it is, well, you hadn't got around to it. Uh, but let the Lord minister to you uh, and work with him, because anytime he shows me these things in my life, I always respond to him, well, Lord, how are we going to work this out? I always bring him in on it, because I have no desire to do it by myself. I don't have the ability to do it by myself, but I've got to work it out. So, Lord, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to change? How do you want me to talk? How do you want me to think? How do you want me to act? How do you want me to pray? If this isn't going right, what do you want me to do differently than I'm doing today? Uh, and so if you do the exact same thing tomorrow and expect different results, is that going to work? No, that's not going to work, right? So, uh, so our lives will be lives of change, right? Uh, in fact, in the business world, they have you know, books written that is, I think one of the titles of the book is Change or Die. It's really simple, Change or Die. Uh, and, you know, that's a little extreme, but that's kind of uh, uh, the attitude we need to have. That I, I've either got to change or I've got to just got to dry up. Uh, you've got to change because if you don't look like Jesus yet, there's changing to do. If you don't sound like Jesus yet, there's changing to do. And that's okay, right? Are we okay with that? We should be okay with that. Uh, but sometimes, you know, uh, if, we, if we don't train ourselves to live that way, we get stuck. And we thought, well, I'm, that's just the way that I am. I don't do that. I don't you know, change. You know, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to start now, you know, I'm, you know, I'm 30 years old, right? And so, uh, wow, you know, that's really old. Uh, but, uh, uh, but, you know, that happens. And, and, you know, you can ask all my kids because uh, uh, they'll say, you know, I don't like doing that. Uh, and, and that, I mean, they said that was since they're, they're just a kid, right? And I'd say, well, how old are you? And they say, like, I'm 10. I said, well, you're too young to be in a rut. Uh, uh, you know, live a little, right? Experiment with things. And I don't mean the drugs or, or sin or things like that. I'm just talking about, you know, Go out and do something. Go out and, you know, play a game or go out and, you know, try something you haven't tried before. And, and um, you know, because that needs to be our general attitude of, you know, I want, to, I want to be different today and better today than I was yesterday. That's working it out. Amen. When you're working it out, you're going to be better today than, than you were yesterday. When I see you a year from now, if I haven't seen you in the last year, you know, you should be, you should be better than you were uh, a year ago. I remember I saw this one girl that I went to, I went to high school with. And, um, you know, back in the 80s was kind of the dark ages of, of some of the, the fashion trends, right? And one of the, the things was wearing too much makeup, right? Anybody remember wearing too much makeup, right? Remember the blue eyeliner? You know, the, the blue eyeliner it came with a spatula, you know, you pour around, you know. And, and uh, I remember this one girl, she wore the blue eyeliner, right? I mean, it was as blue as Chris's shirt, you know, and, uh, and that's a lot of blue eyeliner, right? That's, I don't have any blue on me right now, but uh, that's a lot of eyeliner, right? Uh, and, you know, uh, of course... Uh, my brothers, uh, they grew up in the 70s, so I got to see them wear all kinds of, uh, all kinds of uh, 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 bad fashion choices, right? Big, big, big collars, right? Big, big giant collars and big, you know, bell-bottom blue jeans and all that stuff is sad. It was a sad, sad decade of the 70s. And the 80s, you know, turned into blue eyeliner. And, uh, and okay, fine, right? We all, we all make mistakes, and we all wish we didn't have those, uh, those photographs that, that show that we did that. Well, that's fine, right? But five years later, I saw her like at, at a reunion, and she did exactly the same. It's like, move on. You know, I mean, we've got to move up past the blue eyeliner, right? I mean, just, uh, and look, anybody got blue eyeliner? I, I mean, I don't, I could care less. You know, I don't, you know, whatever you want, I don't know, you know. Uh, but, you know, the 80s had big hair. Remember big hair days, right? You had to move around like this, and a lot of big hair in the 80s, right? And, and, and even in the 90s, some, and uh, shoulder pads, it was sad, but um, uh, I don't really care what people wear, none of my business, but... But, you know, sometimes people get in a rut and they'll do that 
way past that, right? I mean, men are really bad about that. You know, I've had this church, you know, uh, since 1947. And, and uh, uh, in fact, I've got a sweatshirt I've got at home, you know, I've had it since forever, right? It's got holes on it, paint on it, you know. But it's, it's the, I mean, it's so soft now because and, 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 it's been washed a thousand times. And, uh, but I ain't giving it up, right? I mean, and uh, I'm not planning on being buried in it. But it probably needs to be buried, you know, like, you know, whenever I, when I go, it probably should be buried at that time. I, it's sure, or, or I could just leave it, I'll, I'll leave it to one of my kids in the will, you know. And then they'll probably bury it to, after that. But, um, uh, but the whole point is we should have a desire to change. If you're going to work it out, that means you've got to do something differently today than you did yesterday. Amen. And, and that should be a good thing. We should look, it's not that we look forward to being told we're wrong, but we should have an expectation. Lord, I'm going to be better tomorrow than I am today. Uh, you know, I think just about myself, people, oh, I hate getting older. I love getting older because I think, uh, you know, I'm 57 years old right now. And I think, what will I know when I'm 60 that I don't know today? I look forward to learning whatever I'm going to learn between now and when I'm 60. I look forward to that. And the only way that's going to happen is, is through the, the, the transmission of time, right? Time will occur and I will learn some things and I look forward to those things. And because I'm not planning on getting uh, un, more unhealthy when I'm 60. I plan on, on staying at least as healthy as I am and being more healthy when I'm 60, when I'm 70, when I'm 80, when I'm 90. Uh, Johnny's up to, uh, you're planning a 100, right? And, and, uh, and then we're going to negotiate that because he hasn't said that's it. He's just said, we're going to, you know, we'll get there and then we'll talk about it. Uh, and then we'll talk about it, right? We'll, uh, and uh, I'm sure we'll come to a consensus. And, and if, he's, if he's ready to go home at 100, We'll have a big celebration, amen. Uh, but we ain't, ready, we ain't getting rid of you today, right? So, um, but that's, that should be okay, amen. We should, now you just think about that, you know, I mean, he knows so much right now, what's he gonna know in the next 20 years? How much of the Lord are you gonna know in 20 years, right, that you don't know today? Because uh, you think about, uh, you know, I think about like my kids, like e- even Jared, you know, he just turned 21 years old. He knows more at 21 than I ever knew at 21 from a doctrinal standpoint. You know, because he grew up in it, and that we were able to teach him and instruct him and show him about the Lord, and, and he's so much further ahead than I was when I was 21 years old. What will he know when he's my age, right? And that's the way it should be. Uh, and hopefully, you know, that legacy, uh, we should all build upon the legacy of our forefathers and work, uh, work out uh, what, they've, what, they've, uh, what they've learned, add that to our lives. Hopefully, we can do it more quickly than they could because they may spend 10, 20, 30 years learning something and then write a book, we can read the book and learn it in, in an hour, and then we have time to go learn other things, amen? And so, uh, so uh, there, there is work, there is effort involved in it, but it's good work, amen? It's a good, it's a good uh, result. Um, and then he says, uh, for it, it is God, in verse 13, which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So he, well, we've got to work it out uh, ourselves, but it's God which work it, works, works in us, amen? So that's what we talked about, that uh, anything we got to change that the Lord reveals to us, it's a joint project between us and the Lord, right? Uh, but I've always thought this verse was a little odd, the way that it, was, that it was written in the King James, and so I'm going to read another translation. It says, you see, God is the one who is active among you, both to, quote, be wanting, uh, both, uh, well, let me, let me read that again. Uh, God is the one who is active among you, both the to be wanting part and the to be active part on behalf of the good notion. Uh, and what, it, what he's bringing out, there's two aspects of the Lord that we want to understand from this verse. 
that not only is it the Lord's desire, right, both to will, that's his desire, right, what does he want to do, but to do, the, to actually do the thing. Uh, and, you know, that goes back to a lot of the doctrine in the church is, Lord, I know that you're, uh, I know that you can, but I don't know if you will, right? I, uh, I don't know if you desire to do that. Uh, and so uh, this really kind of puts, uh, puts all that to rest that he not only wants to, but he will. Uh, he not only can, but he will, right? Because uh, he said both to will, so he does have a desire to do that. But it's not just a desire, he'll actually do that. Uh, and, you know, sometimes, you know, people, well, I want to help you, I just can't. Well, that's not very helpful, right? Uh, and, and, you know, there may, whatever reason is, you know, uh, not, to, not to belittle other people, but, you know, just the desire is not sufficient, amen? We need to have the doing part. And so the Lord's doing part uh, goes along with his desire. Uh, and, of course, you know, that goes along with the same thing in the area of healing. A lot of times people think that the Lord can, but they don't know if he will. Uh, you know, they don't know if he'll actually do the doing part, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the thing that would help us to uh, work with the Lord is if you, if you know who the Lord is, so if you know who he is, just who, not, not just book, chapter, and verse, and those things, you know, the, the, the word of God reveals God to us, right? So it's not just printed words on a page, it's revelation. So we should obtain the revelation of the word of God, of who God is. Uh, and if you know who God is, then it's easy to know that not, not only does he desire to help you, he will help you. Uh, and for people who, who don't know God like that, sometimes I wonder about, you know, well, do you know the Lord, right? Because surely he would. Surely he would not just uh, look at a, a sick child and go, wow, somebody should do something. Uh, and, and not only, well, I want to, I'm just not going to. Uh, I mean, is that a God that we would serve? Is that a God we desire to serve? No, it's because Philippians says both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So again, not just because uh, people have all kinds of crazy ideas. You know, the Lord does all these things that are, you know, uh, bad for us. It's good pleasure, right? Uh, and uh, good, I know this may be a big revelation. You know, good means good, uh, that we would define it as good, right? We can't look at that and, well, the Lord put cancer on me, and that's, that's, that's a good thing. That's not a good thing. Nobody would say that's a good thing. No human being would say that's a good thing. And yet, a lot of times, we'll, we'll wrap up the Lord into being so beyond our ability, which he is beyond our ability and our imagination, but that he has these crazy, weird things that somehow that's going to work out to our good, like give us brain cancer or bone cancer or cause us to have a bad accident. Uh, and, and it's he, and, and that's his desire, right? Um, now we understand that uh, that there are things that the Lord is constrained to be able to do, right? Paul said that I do not frustrate the grace of God, uh, and if we would put that in the right context, we would understand that the God is good, and any, so anything He does, uh, of course, James says that every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from where, the Father of Lights, right? So so, uh, and and just just to kind of um, I'll bring that home. To, uh, I think it'd be good just for you to read that in Matthew chapter 7. Um, and then we'll come back to Philippians chapter 2. And so um, let's, let's read in starting in verse 7 of Matthew chapter 7. He said, Ask and it shall be given you. That's pretty straightforward, right? What does faith, how does faith receive that verse? 
Faith says, then if I ask, I will, be, I will, be, uh, I will receive it. Is, that what it. is that what it says? Ask and it will be given unto you. Um, many people in the church ask and the Lord will take it under advisement. He'll submit it to the, to the prayer committee and they'll take a vote. And, and if you receive a, a uh, majority vote, then the answer will be yes. Otherwise, the answer is no. Sometimes the answer will be wait or maybe. Uh, is that what it says? No. So, so the simple reading of the word of God is usually sufficient. Ask and what? It shall be given unto you. Is there any options? Of, you know, now, now, see, uh, we call this the New Testament. Uh, testament is a will, right? The word testament is also the, uh, translated as the word will, but it's also translated as the word covenant. So when the Lord's speaking these words, he's making a covenant, a, a legally binding covenant between us and him. He didn't have to say, ask and it shall be given to you, did he? He didn't have to. He could have just, just said, uh, you have to get saved, and that's, that's the last I'm going to deal with you. I mean, he could have made that deal, right? We get saved, we make it through life the best way we can, we die, and then we get to go to heaven. Okay, but between now and then, roll the dice, right? He could have made that deal. He didn't make that deal, but he could have made that deal. His deal was asking it shall be given unto you. So he added that clause to the covenant. So that means that it's a legally binding uh, agreement between us and the Lord that he chose to give to us. People say, you can't just ask, and you know, you're, you're, you're making God your, your, your errand boy. I didn't write this. Uh, and nobody forced the Lord to say this. He chose to say this. So if he chose to say it, he's bound by his words. Amen. He can't go, you know, I mean, you've, all, uh, you, you've asked enough. I just, I didn't know you were going to ask that much, so we're going to cap it. Right? From now on, only every other day. Uh, only on odd days. Even days, don't, don't even bother. Uh, you know, he didn't do that. Did he change it? Did he, did he go to Matthew chapter 8? says, let's go back to chapter 7. We're not going to do that anymore. No, he, he made this deal, right? Ask and it shall be given unto you. So faith says then, then, that's, what, then that's the deal. Uh, if that's the deal, then that's the deal. And I, and I choose to accept that deal. Now, see, I have to ask in faith, right? There's, uh, we have to look at the whole counsel of God because if I ask, it's asking in faith, right? And if I ask, it's asking according to the word, to the word of God. Nothing that I ask for is going to violate the word of God. And it's not going to violate the will of God. Uh, and, and when I say the will of God, uh, you know, there may be things that you ask for. Well, Lord, I, I, want, you know, I want that person's job. Well, how do you know it's the will of God for you to have that job? Uh, do you know if it's the will of God for you to have that job? And, and are you going to uh, put somebody else out in order for you to get your blessing? Uh, you know, we were talking about the faith today, and we had a, a um, uh, we call it faith school uh, on some Wednesdays where we uh, teach some folks over in Europe uh, about faith. And, you know, we were just using the example of, Lord, I want all the lights to be green. You know, all the stoplights to be green in the name of Jesus. That's great, except now everybody else is inconvenienced for your sake. So it's really a selfish prayer, right? Now, if it's an emergency, fine, right? But uh, if it's just, you know, I just, I just can't stand idling my car, right? It just really bothers me. Uh, well, you know, it's really selfish, right? And so sometimes, you know, you, you pray for things and you're being selfish. Uh, well, Lord, stop the rain. Well, okay, but somebody needs rain, right? You're going to stop the rain for everybody? It seems kind of selfish, right? Now, if it's a flood, fine, right? If it's a dangerous, fine, right? But, but you know what I'm saying? So, you know, sometimes we ask for things and we don't understand the ramifications uh, that other people may be impacted by your prayer. And so you've got to be careful about some of those things. But within the confines of your life, anything wrong with asking uh, for, for health or prosperity or, you know, 
uh, understanding or wisdom. Or, no, there's nothing wrong with that. Nobody gets harmed, right, in, in that. It's perfectly fine. And, and so in the things we can ask, there's a wide range, amen? It's not just limited to very one or two things. Uh, you know, uh, one of Jared's professor one time said, you can only ask for small things. I love that. You can only ask for, well, who made you the, the ruler of that, right? Who, decide, who made you the limiter of what God said? Well, you know, you can't ask for big. Well, and besides that, who decides what's small and big, right? Well, I, you know, I need $50. Well, that may seem small to you, but for somebody who's got $0, you know, I remember when $50 was like gold to me. You know, I told you when, when I was in sixth grade, we got to go to the, to the amusement park. And, you know, the school is a school trip, right? Going to the amusement park. And my mom, my mom told my dad, give him some money to go, you know, to spend when he's at the amusement park because, you know, everybody else had money. And so, so uh, you know how much my dad gave me? He gave me $3. $3, right? And I thought I was rich. I mean, I held on $3. I mean, it was just, now I see, I was the only one who brought a sack lunch because I couldn't afford it. You know, $3, you can't even, you can't even buy an empty cup for $3, right? You know, you, $3, you know. Uh, but what I could buy was at the clearance rack, they had uh, these big giant salt and pepper shakers that were really ugly, but I bought them for my mom anyway from the $3 that I had. So I spent the $3 on my mom anyway. Uh, but, you know, $3, $3 was a lot of money for me back then. Yeah, anybody remember when $3 was a lot of money? You know, I used to mow yards. I'd mow a whole yard for $3. $3, a whole yard for three, with a push mower, you know. And it was uphill both ways, too. Uh, and, uh, but I'd mow the whole yard for $3. All the old people loved me. You know, hey, can you mow my yard? I'm like, man, this is a great business, you know. And, and, and of course, you know, when I, got, when I got a regular job, I was making $3.10 an hour or so. Um, but, uh, so that was a long time ago, right? But still, I remember when $3 was a lot of money. So... Uh, is $50 a little or $50 a lot? Well, I mean, it's all relative. It's relative to everybody in the, in the earth, amen? So are you, is this one person going to be the, well, you've got to submit all your prayers to me, and I've got to decide if it's big or small before you give it to the Lord. <laughs> it's just the foolishness of mankind sometimes is, is I mean, you've got to have a Ph.D. in stupidity to say things like that. I mean, you've got to be so smart that you're stupid to make a statement like that. Oh, it's only for small things. I mean, that's, that's, you know, that, that is very, very intelligent stupidity, right? I mean, that's like way up there, right? But no, it just says, Ask and it shall be given to you, seek and you shall find. Uh, knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And, and so how many asks receives? Everyone. everyone, right? It's only for the special people, right? Only for the Americans. And no, it's, a, I mean, it says everyone, right? He that seeketh findeth him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man, so, that, so then he shifts gears a little bit here, and this is the point I wanted to get to. Or what man is there among you whom if his son asks bread, he will give him a stone? So now Jesus is using the analogy of us as human beings. Because even the worst human being can show uh, sparks of goodness, right? Uh, but, you know, most people, especially most Christians, are just good people, right? They're not... Horrible people, they, you know, I understand they're not spiritually alive, but, you know, morally they're okay, right? They're not going to go and just steal candy from a baby and, you know, you know throw their grandmother out on the street. I mean, you know, they're going to be good people. In general, you know, people are, in general, I understand, you know, in general, we're all, we all uh, need the Lord. You know, of course we need the Lord. But most parents, whether they're saved or not, are going to be pretty good parents. You know, my parents, as, as many flaws as they had, they gave me a place to sleep every night, food on the table every day, you know, uh, let me take a bath every week whether I needed it or not. You know, uh, 
I was going to say they bought me clothes, but they gave me clothes for my other older brothers, no, not my sisters, you know, but all my older brothers anyway. Uh, and, and so, you know, they took care of me. It wasn't perfect, but, you know, I'm alive and survived through it and, and all is well. And so, uh, so he used the analogy, what, what man is there among you if his son asks bread? Is there anything wrong with a child asking for bread? How dare you ask for bread? You know, go to your room. There's nothing wrong with a child asking for bread. And, and Jesus said, look, uh, any good father will give to his son what he asks for, right? And if he asks for bread, now, if he asks for a stone, you know, Dad, I want a stone to throw. Okay, here's a stone, right? But first of all, who are you going to throw it at? Nobody? Okay, you can have it, you know, because you got to be careful, right? If you give his son a stone, he may be throwing it at the other son. Uh, and I remember one time I threw a rock at my brother. He was like a quarter mile away, and I beamed him in the head. And I thought, well, I didn't really mean to hit him in the head, but that was an amazing shot. You know, I mean, I was from here to, you know, to the parking lot. Uh, and so you got to be careful who you give a stone to. Uh, but uh, he's using a natural analogy. So the analogy is, look, as a human being, you understand what it means to be good. You understand what it means if someone asks for something, that that's what they want, right? And, and so give them that thing. And he goes on and says, if you ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? Well, no. Well, I asked the Lord for help, and he gave me a brain, brain tumor instead. So that must, be, that must be good. Well, does that line up with this, with this statement that Jesus is making? You know, if you ask for, for I want divine health and live, in, uh, live a good life of health, is, is that okay, Lord? Well, no, here's, here's you know, uh, some kind of terrible sickness and disease. Well, uh, and what, what happens is we will take that circumstance and instead of saying, well, that can't be God because I asked for health and I got bone disease instead, we, we, we take the bone disease. Well, that must be in the sovereign, perfect will of God that I just don't understand what it means. Well, no, Jesus is using an analogy that we should be able to understand what good is, right? We should understand at a simple level and just look at it what good is. And he says, um, uh, in, and finally in verse 11, he, he really summarizes it here. If ye then being evil. So he's saying, look, y'all are way, way, way down the list about being good compared to God. But there are still some good things that you can do, right? Especially as parents even. Uh, and so he's saying that you're, compared to God, you're evil. And compared to God, we are all evil, right? Uh, except for the Lord, we would all be that, that far, far down the list. But even that far down the list, he said, you still know what good means. And he said, uh, uh, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children... So the, all of these good gifts are good things, right? All of these things, the, the bread, uh, the fish, uh, right? These things are good things that uh, we give to our children as we have need of. And Jesus said, look, any human being can look at it and they go, yeah, that's good. Uh, any child can look at that and go, yeah, that's good, right? Uh, and he said, if you know how to do that, how much more uh, shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? So I always like these verses because... A lot of times people want to wrap up the goodness of God in some super spiritual thing that's, well, that's, just, that's beyond our understanding. You just can't understand the goodness of God. Jesus said you could. Jesus and you look at it and go, well, yeah, good is good and bad is bad. Right? Sickness and disease, that's bad. Blessings and prosperity, that's good. Well, you just don't understand God. No, you'd never read the Bible. Jesus uses a simple, natural analogy to help us understand good. And we all know good. We walk out these doors, we know good. As we come in the church, we get dumb. Right? But we all walk out the doors, we know it's good, right? Oh, a raise. Well, that's good. Oh, brother, I don't know. You know, that prosperity is going to kill you. Uh, what's that even mean, right? Don't we all want a good job? Don't we all want a raise uh, when we go out these doors? Yeah, but we come in the church, oh, I don't want any of the worldly goods. Uh, 
That's a lie. You know, if you get shortchanged a nickel, you'd be in your boss's office. Hey, right here, your nickel, your nickel off. I want my nickel now, you know. Uh, and and, um, and I, want, I don't want five penny, I want a nickel, right? You'd fuss about it, wouldn't you? Uh, but we get into the church, oh, you know, we get all spiritual. So, uh, so back, to, back, back then, the Philippians chapter 2, right? He said, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So if it's a good pleasure, it's good. And it's good, that, and you would be able to look at it and go, yeah, that's good. And don't make any dumb remarks, yeah, that, that bad thing is good. Don't, don't turn everything upside down, amen? Uh, it should be obviously good or obviously bad. And, and, and there's never going to be uh, in between there, right? And so uh, it's God, God is a good God. And he said, how much more shall your Father in heaven good, give good things to them that ask him? Amen. Uh, and so, so we should know that he not only desires to do things, he will do things. Amen. Uh, and, and that's what we read in Matthew chapter 11. Ask and he will do. Seek and he will do. Uh, uh, and so, um, uh, so the Lord is good, amen? Uh, and, and knock and he will do, right? So, so we do our part and he does his part, amen? Uh, so if he's going to do the will and the doing, then we've got to do our part, which is to do the asking, amen? Uh, and so, uh, so all of these things are good, right? And then we get down to, uh, to verse 14. And uh, it says, do all things without murmuring and, and disputings. So I've got a really, really big problem with this verse. Because, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, how do you preach something that you've got to get way better at than you're doing right now, right? Uh, and so, uh, and that's, that's the, only, the only difficult part of doing a verse-by-verse study is you have to cover all the verses, right? And so, uh, of all things that we've studied uh, in, in, um, in the book of Philippians... You know, I've been meditating on this verse, do all things without murmuring or disputing. So I have been trying to find a loophole somewhere in this verse. Uh, and the problem is there's no loopholes, right? So when you said do all things, how many things are you supposed to do without murmuring and, and disputing? Now, uh, disputing means criticism or skeptical questions, right? Uh, and mut- uh, uh, murmuring is grumbling, muttering, and a loud voice, in a low voice. You ever done that? And you, you don't say any, any bad words, but you're still murmuring, grumbling, right? And look, uh, there, there are areas of my life that I have, that I have uh, learned to overcome this, right? Uh, you know, I, I've worked for people, uh, and I learned a long time ago that, look, if they're the boss, man, they're the boss, right? They are the boss, and, and no problem. And so, you know, you... You, you don't have to be perfect at everything uh, all the time, or, you know, the goal is to get there, but, uh, you know, obviously we're never going to be there until we, until we uh, stand before the Lord Jesus. But, you know, there's some, so some things I've learned in this area, and, you know, I learned a long time ago that if the boss asks me to do it, as long as it doesn't violate my conscience, he's the boss, right? If he says work over, okay, I got to work over. You know, if he says do this, I got to do that, you know, and I think I've told you the story where, I had a boss one time, he, he wanted me to write some report about something, and, and I knew, of course, uh, the way I always saw it is he hired me to be a help to him, right? He hired me for my expertise, he hired me for my ability, and so I always saw, that's, that's, that's the, the deal I saw, that, that uh, he couldn't do my job, because that's my job. If he could do my job, he would do my job, but he's got to do his job, I've got to do my job, and, and that's, you know, there's a lot of weird um, uh, structure of authority sometimes people get into and 
they think, well, you never can question anything. You never can say anything. I, I don't buy that at all. Amen. One thing for one thing is I, I respect the authority. Amen. And that's where people often get in the biggest trouble is they don't they choose not to respect. Well, they don't know what they're doing. They just don't know what they're doing. Well, that's why they hired you. So, of course, they don't know what they're doing. That's why they hired you. Right. And so, uh, I, you know, I had I had uh, this young engineer. Uh, he he did project work for me and he knew the whole project system really well. Uh, he knew all the ins and outs of it, and it was, you know, a very complicated system, and, and I didn't know all the things to it, and he goes, yeah, you could never, yeah, you could never do this, you know, uh, 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 you know, you're just a manager, and, and it's like, well, you know, excuse me while I yawn, right, because that's what I'm paying you to do anyway, right, I don't have to know all the jots and tittles of every single thing you do, I just have to know that you're doing the job, right, and, um, and so I just started asking him some technical questions that he had no idea what, just to, you know, and maybe that was just being a little fleshly on my part to just put him in his place. But, uh, you know, he was getting a little big for his britches. And so, but my boss asked me to write the report. And, and, and I knew that it wasn't necessary that, uh, you know, uh, at the end of the day, we're going to find out what it, that didn't matter. And so I said, well, you know, I, I, yeah, I said, I'll be glad to do this. I said, but, you know, this, this, and this, this. He said, he said quit arguing with me and just do it. Uh, he was a he was a uh, captain in the in the National Guard and he, and you know he didn't like being questioned. Well, I wasn't questioning his his intellect. I wasn't questioning his authority. I was just questioning you know the effort that it was necessary to do this that we could there would be other things better uh, time spent. And so he said, just do it anyway. Uh, okay, fine, no problem. So I spent like three days doing this report. You know, it took a lot of research and a lot of writing to do this report. And I made it look nice, you know, and put it together and, and then handed it to him. Here you go, you know. I didn't just throw it, here you go, take this stupid ride on here. You know, that's murmuring, right, that's grumbling. And you know, here you go. And, and then, you know, that same day, later in the afternoon, he came to my desk, he said, um, that was a complete waste of time, wasn't it? I said, yeah. Uh, and I wasn't mad about it, because look, he's the boss, right? And I didn't murmur, didn't grumble about it, he's the boss, and, and there was no, no ethical issue. I mean, I got paid exactly the same if I did that report or not did that report, amen? And so, well, it's a waste of my time. It's not, he's paying me. It's, not, it's a waste of his money, not a waste of my, it's not even his money anyway. It's the company's money. Uh, and so there's no moral questions about it. Uh, he, he said, it was a waste of time. I said, yeah. He said, why don't you tell me that it's a waste of time? I said, well, well, actually, you know, again, you know, people said, well, you should never, you know, uh, correct your boss. I wasn't correcting him. He, he just said, you should have told me. And I said, well, I did tell you, or I tried to, and, and you you were very adamant that you wanted me to do it. And so I just did it. Well, next time, don't do that. Next time, duck when you bite my head off. I mean, you know, he, he was very adamant about it. Just shut up and do it. All right, fine, you know. So, you know, there, there, are, there are areas uh, that I have learned that. But in reading this verse, I'm like, I've got to, you know, I'm up. You know, I, there is work for me to do right here. You know, I don't know anything about you all. You know, I'll just preach to myself. You all just be quiet for me. I'm going to preach to myself for just a minute. Uh, because he said, all things. You know, there's just no wiggle room in all things. And this is completely unfair, right? Because there are a lot of things that I have found myself murmuring about. Murmuring, murmuring, you know, I can't believe I'm going to do this, you know, help, you know. And, 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 um, but I have found there are areas in my life where I have, I have overcome that, but there are plenty of areas, you know. We want to make a list. Anybody want to make a list right now of any areas they need to work on, you know? Because <laughs> this verse is one of those verses that just, you know, it's just, uh, it's an area that uh, humanity, the earth, needs to work on, right? Uh, now, I don't, I don't generally murmur when it comes to people of authority. 
But uh, for me, uh, one of the hardest things to, that uh, I have to overcome is uh, if I'm trying to get from point A to point B and doing something, and then something happens, and I can't, uh, you know, uh, just like uh, I was going to, uh, I think I told you a story before, I had to pressure wash my boat one time, right? And I had it all planned out. I'm going to get up, get my pressure washer, which I hate pressure washers almost as much as I hate weed eaters. You know, they're all about the same boat, right? You just... Because, you know, why, I don't know what it is, you know. I mean, some things, you get on my lawnmower, I mean, 100 times out of 100, start right up, go mowing, right? I mean, never a problem. Weed eater, I mean, it's 50-50. I mean, you start it up, and the string maybe just run out. Or the battery might be dead. Or, you know, the, the head flies off. I mean, it just, I don't know what it is about weed eaters. You know, I, I'm pretty sure they're all cursed or something. But, um, and I'm not, you know, I'm not, well, I probably need to change my confession about that anyway, you know. But, because uh, uh, that would help me stop murmuring about them so much. Uh, but uh, but but I was going to go work in my boat one time, and, and uh, had it all planned out. I'm going to do this, and, and then get it done, and go on and do something else. Right? Well, I get out there, and it won't work. Why? Why won't it start? I mean, it started yesterday. It won't start today. I don't. I don't know why it won't start. You know, and and then you go. I gotta fix the. I gotta fix it, right? So finally, you get it started. You know, you do it. You know, whatever magic. You know, you put. You know, uh, the EKG on it or something. Get the thing working and. And, uh, and then you, you hook it up to the water hose, no pressure. Just, you know, no. What's, and how can you not get any pressure? The engine's running, right? The hose is hooked up, the, the spigot's on, you know, no, no pressure. So, you know, what's wrong with these? Is it clogged? I don't know what's clogged, you know. But anyway, so uh, for me, and, and from in, in my life, that's an area that, that I, man, I've got work to do because uh, I, I, I'm always trying to get things done. I, you know, I, I want to get things done because I want to do other things, other things I want to do in my life other than fixing things, right? And so now some people love it. They love tinkering. They love uh, tweaking the carburetor. And I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to do a little more. I don't want it. I just want it to run. I just want it to do the thing and do something else, right? Uh, because to me, that's just work. That's just, it's necessary to live in this life of doing things, fine. But that's not what I want to do in life, right? I want to do other things, right? I want to, I'd much rather be in my office. I'm working on uh, on um, digitizing some Bibles right now. You know, uh, I've got one from uh, 1954 that I'm working on. I've got one from 1963 I'm working on. And you know, I, I'd much rather be doing that. Some people are like, oh, I would never want to do that. It's so, it's so boring, you know. I love it. You know, I love, I love doing that, getting the, the Word of God in there. That's, 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 that's what I love. And so, and I can fix lawnmowers and weed eaters. I just don't want to. Uh, and, and so, Johnny's like, what's wrong with you? You know, you just, you just, just tear the whole thing apart and re rebuild it. I don't want to rebuild it. I just want it to work, you know. He's like, well, I've got six carburetors on my deck. I'm, I'm, I'm just go get one of these new carburetors and put it on there. I don't have time for that. You know, what's wrong with you, you know? But, you know, people like Johnny love stuff like that. And so that's why we need each other because I'm going to murmur at this pressure washer. So I murmured. I was, mur man, I was murmuring at that thing. And then finally I got it started. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is not the judgment of God, but I finally got this started, and the, the pressure went, and as soon as the pressure stopped, the, the wand jumped out of my hand because they got pressure on it, and the first thing it did was is it hit me right in the, in the shin, right? And that, that metal wand right in the shin, and I was, I was just wearing shorts, and, and then a big, giant pump knot went up right on my shin. You ever had a pump knot on your, on your, on your man, it just hurt so bad, and I'm, and I'm like, you know, I didn't cuss or, or say anything. My, my kids were there, but I'm screaming. I was like, oh, because it hurt really bad, and they they start running into the house. Mom, mom, dad's out there, you know, dying or something, you know, and, and, and so, uh, and I, but mostly I was murmuring. Mostly I was just murmuring, and I was, I was grumbling, 
Uh, and uh, there, there were some criticisms for sure, disputings. Uh, and, and so what I have learned, uh, and, I'm in, and it's really a work in progress, is I just got to step back and just, it is what it is. I'm just going to move. I've got to fix this thing. And then I've got to move on, right? Just, I've got to fix this thing and I've got to move on. And, and so, so, you know, I see that I've got areas to work on and areas to improve upon. And we're getting there, but, we, but we've got a lot, a lot of work to do. Amen? Uh, and so, uh, because, and, and you know, and, and I do like these verses because he says, do all things without murmuring and disputing. Now, how happy would you be if you never had to murmur or dispute about something or grumble about things? Amen? Uh, and so, yes, sir? Sure, have a seat. Uh, and so, uh, so how many things can we do without murmuring, disputing? All things, right? Now, now, the thing about this verse that I like is if it says to do it, you know what that means? You have the capacity to do it. Because some people look, there's no way I could do that. I, I murmur about everything. I murmur about taking out the garbage, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, the Lord, the Lord has uh, uh, <clears throat> really worked this over with me, especially, and we're going to tell it for myself, you know, because uh, I think I've gotten better, at least I hope I have, uh, like with my wife, right? Because my wife has this, she has this, this sense, right? She knows she could be on in Pluto, and she'll know when there's 30 seconds left of the movie. And she'll call, hey, how's it going? And you're just about to find out who did it, right? Who did it? And she calls, hey, I miss you, honey. I love you. What'd you do today? Can I tell you in 30 seconds, right? Uh, and so... Uh, because murmuring and disputing is not just verbal, right? You can still murmur in your heart. Why is she calling me right now? You know, because you've got to answer. If you don't answer, then she's going to call again, right? Because maybe something's wrong. Why are you not answering? How can you do it? You know, something more important than me? No, there's nothing, honey, more important than you in the whole world, uh, except for the Lord Jesus, of course. But, but so, she, so she knows, right? And, and she knows. And so uh, this was an old commercial. Anybody ever remember this old commercial? This, uh, <laughs> Nobody remembers the commercial. I'm going to remember this commercial because I remember this commercial. It's like, yeah, that's me right there, right? Uh, but it was back in the day. Uh, you know, nowadays we've got these things called the DVRs, right? It, it records everything. It is all magic, right? You don't have VCRs anymore. You just hit record and it records a show for you, right? It's awesome. You can pause TV, right? Well, back when those first things came out, it was magic. And, and so they made a commercial about it. And the commercial was a guy walks in and the, the dad's sitting on the couch and the wife walks in the, in the, the living room, right? 30 seconds before the movie's over. Uh, you know, and I'm like, that's me right there, right? And, and, uh, and the guy's name was John, and the, and the announcer gets on, and he goes, John has a problem. He has a wife. Uh, and so, because she walks in right when, the, you know, right when they're about to score the last touchdown. And so the whole thing was about, you can just pause live TV so you can talk to your wife, right? Uh, but see, the Lord's used, used that to me because there's nothing wrong with my wife calling me, uh, clearly, right? Uh, I mean, we're obviously married, and so... She has the right to call me anytime she wants to, right? So I'm not telling you, don't call me, honey. Don't, don't check the TV schedule before you call me. Just call me anytime you want to. It's fine, right? Because, uh, what's that? You do what? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant that you call after you check the TV schedule, you know? Uh, and so, <laughs> but she does. And, uh, um, but, but it's kind of a running joke between me and Jared because we know, because uh, uh, she's traveling, right? And like, like the second we sit down and we turn on the TV and we, we start to watch. I mean, it's like, how many times, Jared? I mean, it's every time, right? Every, we sit down, we get our food, we, are, we get the TV turned on, we finally get the show we're going to watch, we hit play, and the phone rings, and it's mom, right? 
Uh, and, and, you know, and so now we just turn the TV on and we just hit pause immediately because she's going to call. I mean, as soon as we sit down and eat, she's going to call, right? And so, uh, but see, that's good because you get to see where you are in your heart. You know, if she calls and you go, why does she have to call right now? She has to call every single night. Uh, well, see, all things, right? Do all things without murmuring and disputings. And so uh, no wiggle room, right? No wiggle room. So, you know, and, and the thing is, see, the murmuring and disputings, you know, that gets in your heart, right? And, and you start getting, you start getting uh, uh, bitter and angry about things. And, well, you know, it's my time, too. You know, I have a right to do what I want to do. And then you start justifying your murmurings and grumblings, right? Murmurings and disputings. And so you've got to be careful. Instead of justifying your murmurings and, and disputings, you should recognize your murmurings and disputings. Well, you know, that, that's just wrong. Well, he just annoys me. That's murmurings and disputings, you know. Doesn't, uh, we're not justifying, see, I'm not justifying her calling at the worst time ever, right? You know, that's, it's just, you know, she's got, that's between her and the Lord, right? She's got to deal with that, work out her own salvation there. Uh, so, uh, but see, I'm, I can't project my murmurings and disputings on her that it's her fault. It's not her fault. It's me. Uh, because he said do all things, that means answer the phones without murmuring and disputing, right? Uh, uh, Let's take out the garbage. Why does it have to be done right now? I mean, you know, uh, I wait till it's, till it's good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over before I'll take it out, right? Uh, she's like, uh, I, I just threw a cup in there. Can you take it out now? It's just got a cup to take it out. It's, it, it's almost full. It's got nothing in it. Yeah, but I put a cup in it. It's, you know, and so she likes the garbage taken out, you know. Uh, really, I'm thinking I can jump on it. I think I can jump on it. Let me go run over it one more time, and I think I can get more stuff in there, right? Uh, and then we got to just where we just put on a countertop, you know. <laughs> so that's another whole discussion right there, right? Uh, but uh, is, this a, is this verse true? Is this verse something we should aspire to? Now, some people, you know, some people, they just came out of the way. They'll never grumble. Did you do it? You know, this, you know, and people like that, I don't understand, you know. They, they, they just, you know, they just turn differently. I'm not that way. I have to work this out. For me, I've got to work this. Other people, they don't have to work it. And it's not, it's neither fair or unfair. It just is, right? It just, some people, just certain things, it doesn't bother them, you know? Uh, they love to talk to the wife 30 seconds before every show. In fact, they look forward to it, right? And it's not that, you mean you don't, you don't want to talk to her? It's not that I don't want to, I love talking to my wife. I want to talk to my wife, you know? In fact, we used to get in trouble because, you know, you guys, you guys talk about that? We talk about everything. Me and my wife talk about everything, you know? And, and uh, that, that's our marriage, you know? And we're, we're open about everything. And, and uh, we love talking to each other and love fellowshipping with each other and, and some people are like what's wrong with you uh, you know I'm thinking well, well nothing you know nothing's wrong with me you know uh, uh, and, and so just because your marriage isn't that way doesn't mean my marriage has to be that way and I'm not saying your marriage is right or wrong I'm just saying that's our marriage right uh, and so that's and I would much rather have it that way than than, than some other way so uh, grumblings and muttering in a loud in a low voice so uh what if somebody asks you to do something that you shouldn't have to do? You ever had to do that? Uh, that's a good growth opportunity for me, you know. I mean, sometimes, you know, uh, I know I'm a servant, but sometimes people ask just for unreasonable things. But you still have to do it because it's necessary, right? And uh, that's probably an area that I could work on in my life is when people ask me to do unreasonable things, right? Now, some people do things and it's, and it's necessary. Hey, you know, I'm having a heart attack and you drive me to the hospital. Do you really have to go right now? Can't you just wait? Yeah, I would never do that, right? It'd be easy, right? It'd be easy for me to help somebody out like in a situation like that. But, you know, it, it just, 
uh, and we won't, it doesn't matter the, 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 uh, the specifics of that, you know, and some people are like, well, then I'm never asking for anything. Like, don't, don't, don't not ask me for things. I'll be glad to help anybody, right? It's just some people, you know, just, uh, hey, uh, just like sometimes I'll, uh, Jared will be upstairs, or hey, Jared, come here, come on down here. And they come downstairs, and can you hand me the remote? See, that right there will result in murmuring, right? Because he shouldn't have had to do that, right? You know what I'm saying? So, but we just do that to, to mess with them, right? Uh, and so, because that's why you have kids, right? So they can get the remote. You know, it used to be you had kids so they could get up and turn the channel. But now they have remotes, so now you have kids so they can get the remote, give the remote to you. Because, you know, you shouldn't have to actually get up and get all the way. To, it's it's all, all the way over there. It's on the coffee table, right? Uh, and so, yeah, that's why you have kids. So, uh, and, and Colossians 3.23 says, And whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. Uh, one translation says, do your work willingly as though you were serving the Lord himself and not just your earthly master. Another translation says, work at everything you do with all your hearts as work done not for men only, but for the Lord. And so, you know, for me, this is an area I believe that I've got more work to do, right? Some things, pretty easy, you know, I've overcome them. You know, some things just, you know, no problem. My wife calls 30 seconds, no problem, right? I mean, I'm over that, right? Uh, and, and but there was a day when I wasn't over that. Uh, and, I, and I tell you, there was a time when be like your know, eyes would roll. She call. Right. And be like, oh, you know, she couldn't wait. She knows it's 759. But, you know, if she could just wait to call at eight o'clock, you know, but she's probably thinking, well, eight o'clock a show will start. But nothing's important in the first minute, you know, except for some shows. Everything's in the first minute. And after that, you know, it's downhill from there. But uh, but uh, but, you know, there was a time when that was the case. Right. Now, it wasn't like. I didn't want to talk to her because it's one of those things where, well, I want to talk to her, but I feel bad for not wanting to talk to her. But, you know, uh, so I'm just going to murmur instead. Uh, and so, so, you know, this is an area we can all uh, grow up in. Amen. I believe this is an area that a lot of people could grow up in. Amen. That probably most people could grow up in. Uh, and really, if you, if you combine that with the Colossians uh, 3.23, whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. So whatever you do, do it as if you're doing it for the Lord. So if you're just answering the phone for your wife to, your, to speak to your wife, you do that as if the Lord was calling. Uh, if you're doing a, a report for your boss, even though it's a waste of time, waste of your time, you do it as if the Lord asked you to do that. And see, that makes it really easy, right? So instead of just like, oh, it's her again. Oh, it's him again. Oh, it's just them again, you know, whatever. Uh, oh, it's the Lord asking for that. You know, if the Lord called you up and has, asked you for a favor, what would you do? I'm kind of busy, Lord. Uh, can, you, can we do that tomorrow? Nobody would do that, right? We'd all just jump through hoops and whatever it took, we'd do it immediately, right? Uh, so, so, and, and so if we, if we look at it from that perspective, uh, instead of murmuring and disputing, you know, uh, I, I was think, thinking about this. Uh, in the, just in the church in general, if we would learn to live this way in church, uh, you, now you all do a, a great job, I believe, but how many people murmur about what the pastor preaches? How many people murmur about what tie the pastor wears or murmur about what color the carpet is or murmur about, you know, how long the service went or murmur about the songs that were selected? That's a lot of murmuring going on in churches, right? And I've had people murmur to me about how we run the church here, you know, and I'm thinking, why are you murmuring about that? Uh, why are you complaining about that? You know, that, that nothing's wrong, you know, and, and uh, well, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't like what you're teaching. Do all things without murmuring. Now, you know, if you got, if you got a real problem, oh, pastor, you know, uh, I mean, I don't know what you would say, right? What would you say? I don't like what you're teaching. I mean, how could you even say that in a good way, right? I mean, uh, but, uh, but people have murmured that to me. I don't like what you're teaching. 
okay, my, my thinking is, well, if you would grow up, you would like what I'm teaching. You know, that's what I really want to say, right? Because if you grow up and not murmur about everything, then just you'd be okay with it. Amen. I can't ever remember my pastor going, you know, teaching anything. I was with him 20 years ago. Oh, here we go again. Because uh, he taught the same, the same thing several times. I mean, I, I could tell you a lot of times, well, he's taught that, you know, a year ago, two years ago, or five years ago, because I was there a long time. You know, you're going to teach things over and over again because you've got new people coming in. They need to hear the foundation of the faith, you know, and so sometimes you've got to repeat yourself. And, uh, and as the Lord leads, you know, there's been a lot of times as the Lord leads, I will teach the exact same service. Now, I would go always refresh my notes and study it all again and, you know, add more information and whatever. Uh, I never just go through the notes and without changing things, but... Um, but still, you know, I, I can't imagine murmuring to my pastor about what he's teaching, you know. But then, uh, okay, that's one thing. How many church members murmur to each other about what's going on in the church? Do how many things? All things without murmuring. I can't believe the pastor asked us to do that, you know. I can't believe that. Uh, all things without murmuring. Amen. So that would include everything in the church. Amen. Uh, and uh, um, uh, I think it's a good area for, for growth, amen? Uh, all things means what? All things, right? So when we're murmuring and grumbling and muttering in a low voice or criticizing or with skeptical questions, well, why do you think that's necessary? That's a skeptical question, right? Um, that's different than saying, uh, are you sure, pastor? You know, are, you, are you sure, boss? You know, this is what you want to do, you know? Uh, that's not a skeptical question. It's okay to question. I believe it's okay to question things as long as you're not skeptical of their intelligence or skeptical of their authority or skeptical of whatever um, or criticizing for, you know, well, that's just wrong, you know. Uh, and, and so uh, Paul said, do all things without murmuring. If Paul said that, then the Holy Spirit said it. And if the Holy Spirit said it, the head of the church, the Lord Jesus, instructed the Holy Spirit to tell him that. So you know, for all intents and purposes, this is the Lord Jesus telling you directly, do all things without murmuring and disputings, amen, uh, without, without murmurings, without grumblings, and without criticism, uh, and so uh, more than likely, we're not going to have an altar call, but, you know, we could all probably come down and, and ask the Lord for some forgiveness in this area, right, like I said, some people, man, they're good at this, they don't murmur about anything, and they're awesome, it's amazing they can do that, you know, um, and, and, that, and I'm not saying that in a facetious way. I'm, I'm glad there are people that can do that, right? Because uh, to me, it's, it's encouraging to me that if they can do that, then I can do that, amen? Uh, and so, so we're going to get better, right? You'll hear, you'll hear uh, fewer stories of, of uh, pressure washers in my life as we go along, amen? Uh, and so, um, uh, but we're getting there, right? Work in progress, so <laughs> the Lord is good, Amen. Uh, well, let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you, Father, for uh, the spirit of God that lives on the inside of us, for being good to us. And, Father, we thank you that if you told us to do all things without murmuring and grumbling, Father, then we have the capacity to do that. And, Lord, as, as we start down that path, your spirit will remind us, your word says to not do this. And so, Father, we thank you that we can do it. We have the ability to do it, Father. And we set our hearts, Father, to follow your word uh, directly and do things without grumbling without murmuring father if we're asked to do it if it's necessary for us to do it then father we'll do it uh, and so we thank you for that lord and give you the praise and the honor for it lord in jesus name amen well praise god we'll we will uh uh, uh we'll keep on working on that amen uh and so like i said there there's there are areas that i've seen in my life where i have found some success in that 
but uh, I also see areas in my life where uh, there is work outstanding, amen? <laughs> and so, uh, but we'll get ready, we'll do that. Let's get ready to receive this evening's offering. And uh, Jared, you can just skip this section over here, so uh, that'll be fine there. But um, there's no one in that particular section there, so that's why we said that. Um, but the Lord is good, amen? Uh, and so uh, we can give with a cheerful heart, amen? Uh, we don't have to murmur and dispute about uh, giving. We're glad to give, amen? And so Jared, come ahead. Uh, receive the offering, and um, uh, it's uh, July 20th, right? So the first Friday of August, we will have uh, a prayer service here at the church, uh, and of course, that's, uh, that's still a, while, a ways away, a couple weeks away there, so I guess, uh, actually, is that next, uh, next Friday? Is it next Friday, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11? No, no it's uh, two, weeks from today, two weeks from Friday, so, um, but... Um, all right, well, I think that's it. So, well, you all have a wonderful week, the Lord be blessed, and we'll see you all on Sunday, right?